Welcome to TA1, everything you want to know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, the recovered legendary Randy Erickson. It was a long week after Cowboy Tough, getting back in the swing of things with work. It's hot. Not that I'm complaining about the heat, just saying it was hot. So um, We're back with an interesting conversation with God's own race director Warren Bates. We touch on some interesting things and uh, about the race and they're partnering partnering up with Primal Quest. Uh, I think that's going to be a great match. A couple of things on my agenda. Um, I am going to Primal Quest. I've, some of you probably posted it. I'm going to be doing daily uh, videos, photos, audio, you know, the thing, the thing that I do. Um, if you'd like to help with expenses, I've come up with a sweet plan um, for 50 bucks. When you get back, you pick out your favorite image from the race, and I'll send you a really nice, like 11 by 17 print of it. Um, for extra money, I won't sign it. That's like a joke thing. So um, you can PayPal me, send a check, send cash, tell me you'll pay me next time you see me, whatever works for you. Appreciate it. Just helps out a little bit. Um, <clears throat> we'll be going for two weeks. I'm really looking forward to it. I think uh, there's some cool th things that will be coming out of the race. So enjoy that. Uh, the other thing, just out of curiosity and then out of my look, the last three adventure races, big races around the world, Alaska, Cowboy Tough, the Beast of Balaru, has really um, been tough on the first day on teams with lots and lots of short courses on the first day. And I'm not so sure that that's... I, and it, I know that the racers, none of them have had a problem with it. But is this something that the average person uh, we're going to look at and say, why are these people already so far behind on the first day? So, um, just something I've been thinking about. Maybe, maybe the first day should be just a tiniest bit little easier. So nobody's... Uh, short course before the race starts almost because we know it takes a long time to finish one of those things so that's all I have to say about that um, rally time here in the Black Hills they're talking upwards maybe a million Harleys in Sturgis this week I suspect it won't be quite that much but um, one of the funner times of the year with all the excitement um, I don't really have much going on with with the race this year, so just probably be there for for funsies one day or another. And uh, then on the fifteenth, head for Primal Quest. So uh, thanks for listening and maybe donating. And uh, I probably haven't said this for a while, but you know, how about just one person this week goes to iTunes and in Gives a like. Eh, that's not so much to ask for, is it? 
But I actually want to thank everybody for listening. I guess this is the first one back from Cowboy Tough, and it was really fun to uh, talk with people and hear what they think about the about the podcast and some of the things that I do and uh, what they like to hear. So thanks, everybody. And uh, let's uh, let's have a conversation. Bye. Hi, Randy. Well, you are there. <laughs> yes, here we are. Oh, Randy. Hey. Skype was telling me that you weren't there. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, well, you said you were there, so I'll try anyway. So, ta-da, here we are. <laughs> no. Just turning the camera on so that you can see Warren. Okay. Well, let's see then. I can even... I can even turn mine on because I'm not at home and I have enough bandwidth. <laughs> so Excellent. When I'm... Uh, doing doing these from the house you know we're out in the middle of the woods so we're we're limited so i don't allow people to see my my lovely face <laughs> <laughs> which is probably a bonus <laughs> I, have, I have a uh, face for podcasting oh come on hey yeah. so you're gonna um spend some time chatting with warren yes yep yeah yep so. was there anything that we needed to know beforehand any particular direction you want to go in no we'll just um you know talk about the uh you know teaming up with primal quest and and reasons why and how and what do you expect from it and and uh you know maybe we'll talk a little bit about if you got anything to say about god's own next year i think it's a little early for that <laughs> but uh yeah 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 we're along my way from god's own next year well it'll creep up on us much quicker than we think it always does but yeah yeah no that still sounds good you could probably talk about maybe just the category changes, the fact that we are going to have teams with support crews at the oh, event okay. for the first time. So that might be something of note. Oh, yeah, that would be kind of – and is that sort of kind of so you think that uh, more people will come, bring some people from – Yeah, well, I think so. I mean, we've just been struggling with the age-old problem of adventure racing, of um, how do you sort of do it on a – without expanding your asset base too quickly, i.e. Mm. having too many kayaks, too many canoes, and um, at the same time maintaining the sort of elite level kind of the sport. And so we kind of looked at it and sort of said, look, we could bring in a supported version, and actually they sort of marry up quite well because it allows us to sort of, sort of run two events effectively in one, you know, without sort of massively increasing the amount of boats that we sort of Mm -hmm. You know, we have to look after store and buy. So it makes a big difference. And I think, you know, for us, it's all about, and this is a little bit the thing with Primal Quest we've sort of talked about, is uh, just starting opening up these pathways to more people to sort of get involved. Because I think a lot of people have just sort of look at God's own and go, well, that's just too hard. It's just too hard. Yeah. You know, new category, maybe as a step stone for people to say, well, maybe it probably still is too hard, but at least we can give this one a, a fair go. So oh. that's kind of the thinking. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it, it. Do you think that racing is a little bit stagnant right now? I mean, you guys are doing some interesting, different things to try and change it a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess I mean the sport's been around for an awful long time now, and if you look at it, most other sports, that every everything evolves with its cricket, football, you know, cycling, you know, triathlon. Everybody has to evolve to cater to the changing demands of the market, and it definitely seems in that. You know, people's attention span is increasingly difficult to get hold of, and adventure mm -hmm. racing has got to reflect that. And for a race which is seven or eight, nine days long, 
it's pretty hard to capture people's attention for that. And that's the races, but that also goes to sponsors and media and people who are watching. So we have to tap into those kind of changes a little bit. And I think we, you know, not be afraid to make changes for what we perceive as being for the good of the sport. And that means we need to sort of get more participants. We want some younger participants to come in and, and give it a go. And really, but at the same time, preserve what we think are some of the unique features about the event, that kind of adventure, the unknown, pushing people to the limit, that sort of, all those sort of attributes. So it's a, it's a very difficult juggling kind of act, but we're not, as an event, I don't think we're afraid to try things because mm-hmm. yeah. we sort of see that, you know, if we just keep on going on, as you say, we ultimately just keep churning out the same product. And I kind of feel a little bit like this, the major series out there at the moment, we are there is a real danger of just ending up with maybe seven, eight, nine, ten races, which are incredibly generic. Mm-hmm. And you just go, well, they're going to be three to four days finish time. You do the same disciplines. You get covered with the same way from the media. And ultimately, everyone goes, well, it's, it's just more of the same. You know? And that doesn't sort of sit well with me in terms of that's not what adventure racing is about. Well, there's that. And it's also kind of getting the same 10 or 15 teams. Yeah, that's right. And, and then you look at it and... You said it's the same old, same old people winning the same races, and ultimately those people are going to drift away and move on and do other things. Ultimately, and and then the health of your sport will really be dictated to by the maybe the infrastructure you left in place, you know, the the previous five years. And I think the big difference with Godzone and everybody else is you look at our kind of field and go, wow, the average age in our field is incredibly young, and we had teams last year winning the event, you know, from. 4th, 6th, 8th, ninth, 11th, 12th, all had teams that were kind of 20-somethings or 18 or 19-year-olds. Oh. You just wouldn't see that at any other race anywhere. They're all dominated by 30, 40, 50-somethings. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's something that we've tried to really push hard to say is, look, we want to get more youth participation. That doesn't necessarily mean that you need youngsters through the whole event. We can encourage youth people to get involved in other events in New Zealand. But we need to have God's own up there almost shining the light out there for everybody to say, look, this is a legitimate sporting choice for me. I can go to triathlon. I can go to biking. Actually, nuts. I want to go to adventure racing. And I might not get to God's Zone for five years, but how do I get there? Right, I'm going to go and do this 12-hour race. I'm going to go in this 24 hours. And maybe we'll see those guys five years down the line. But at the moment, you look everywhere else and go, there's just, there's just no sign of any youngsters participating in any overseas events, really. And it's just sad. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, there's... Nobody, <laughs> you know, we have uh, Hunter Len- Leninger, you know, the twelve-year-old, and that's like that's our youth movement in the United States. <laughs> one one kid, <laughs> and that's yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I'm, I think with some. I mean, New Zealand, we're trying to. I mean, maybe maybe it's the benefit of having a relatively small community, tight country where you can actually sort of have dialogue quite easily across the country to sort of. But there's definitely a, a desire here to get. Um, more youngsters involved and we're discussing at the moment without saying too much the secondary school championships which is a major thing here sort of tying up with our event so that we can help those guys promote the participation and the extension of school kids getting involved in the sport and then taking it beyond that into college because there's a huge dropout rate from school you know kids through to sort of college and then they kind of suddenly turn up again at adventure racing when they're 35 40 and have got nothing else better to do with themselves We've got to break down those kind of, you know, kind of dynamics and say, look, we want school kids to make adventure racing a, a first choice, take it on, go through college, keep participating, 
And, you know, and, and we've got to do, as an event, we owe it to the sport to do more to keep those people coming. And, and that's what we're, you know, and that's kind of what we talked to Climate Quest a little bit about, saying is we think that the future of the sport has got to be in getting more youth involved. And that doesn't mean having half the teams at God's Own or Climate Quest as youth teams, yeah. but it does mean that we as events are doing our bit to make sure that youngsters are coming to the sport and getting involved. And that could be six hours, 12 hours. But we had last year, say we had a 16 and an 18 year old finishing in eighth place. You know, can you imagine a 16 year old, you know? Yeah. It's, in, it's incredible, you know, they're very, very capable. You know, last year we had a 19 year old girl come in and they finished in the top 10 as well. You know, it's, it's all very possible. You've just got to make those pathways available. It, it's kind of funny to listen to that because it's like, well, one that you have school age kids doing it and actually racing and having competitions and it's like we don't hardly even have any track in the united states anymore and it's a big deal if a school has a mountain bike team so it's it's, it's such a you guys are just a lot different than we are <laughs> yeah i think and then that's something that i think there's a you know this is a question of health and safety and compliance is a major issue in new zealand as well and access issues to national parks it's something that we're all dealing with but mm -hmm. I think I do sense that there's outside of the metropolitan areas, there's still a desire for most Kiwis and the people who live here to preserve those cultural freedoms and the the desire to expose children to an element of risk so they can make sensible decisions. And most of the parents who get involved or let their children get involved want their kids to to do something which pushes them, you know. And I think that that makes for a strong culture and makes for a strong society and people who are you know i think that's something that we should be looking to sort of preserve a lot here it's, it's something unique a little bit about new zealand but if we let that go you know 15 20 years down the time we might be looking at it for saying the same thing here going oh there's no adventure racing there's no man in bike racing there's you know there's nobody going out ski touring or whatever it is because nobody has any risk tolerance anymore so well, as an organization yeah. we're very keen to push that um yeah. You know, I've got three young kids. I want them to get out there and do stuff. You know, my kid's out there doing, you know, row gains, six-hour row gains, and she's eight years old going out there. That's what I wanted to do, you know. That's, that's part of growing up, I think. I, I agree, but I think that is the big difference is nobody wants any risk in the United States. It's like the kids are just, got, you know, so coddled and, uh, you know, yeah, I think I one, of the, yeah. one of the major things I've noticed coming from the UK, coming here, I think part of the reason is cultural. I think, you know, most people here live, you know, very close proximity to some fairly extreme outdoors. So you kind of grow up hand in hand with it. But I also think the legal system here in terms of the ACC system, which I won't bore you with, but ultimately means that anybody comes here and goes out into the backcountry, gets, you know, injured you know, or gets involved with something, then ultimately there just isn't this sort of, uh, litigation process which gets involved you effectively get looked after you get put in hospital and then you get pushed along back home again <laughs> and it means that there's just almost that acceptance that you kind of there's a personal risk involved in doing stuff yeah. and you take that on board and the government will see you right by putting you through the hospital and getting you mended but you just don't have a blame culture and I think that's a really strong thing to try and preserve because it allows race organizers to potentially put on events which push people outside of their comfort zone well otherwise if you just didn't have them you just wouldn't do it yeah yeah no i uh, what a great system i wish we had something like that 
Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so, um, so let's talk a little bit about God's Own and Primal Quest. How'd that happen? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question, actually. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I guess what you know, for some time we've we've had, obviously we're not blind. We've 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 seen that we've had a fair degree of success with God's Own very mm -hmm. quickly, and I think there's various reasons for that. But you know, it's sort of we kind of come at the event sort of side of things slightly altruistically in the sense that we like to do some things for the good of the sport. Um, and we sort of took a step back and said, look, if we're doing these things right, you know, could we not share those things and work with other races to, to help the sport, you know, thrive, I guess, you know, I don't believe that any sport can kind of exist or any event can exist in glorious isolation, I guess. So, you know, we looked around and said, well, what other events are there, I guess, which could, you know, share those same, you know, parameters, beliefs as us and, you know, help to maybe make the sport, you know, slightly more interesting again, you know, get more media involved, get more sponsorship involved, get more teams involved. Um, and so I just really politely asked for an introduction to Sir Maria, really. Uh, there's a few people here who'd worked on the Southern Traverse of old and Primal Quest back in the day who had good relationships with Maria. And I said, look, I'm just gonna ask for a polite introduction. And we got chatting basically, and Maria's a very nice person, and we all got together, their management team and our management team, and had some conversations, and very quickly established that really they're coming at the event sort of space the same as we are. You know, they really wanna make a difference, they wanna make adventure racing exciting, they want to get the media involved, they want to get sponsors involved, they want to increase the exposure, they want to get more youth participation and um, really I guess maybe sort of you know, rekindle a bit of the spark that was in adventure racing in America back you yeah. know, maybe 10 years ago you know, when you had Eco Challenge, Primal Quest, the Team Nikes, you know, it was a real buzz about the sport over there then and you can't get away from the fact that America is such a ginormous market. <laughs> and. Um, we can be the most successful event in, of our kind in New Zealand, but it's New Zealand is four million people, four and a half million people. Um, yeah. So I think there's a, just there's just an incredible logic about the whole thing, uh, and you know our, it just seems that our ethos sort of mirrors theirs. And um, I kind of sort of put it up and sort of said, look, I think you know we could be greater than the sum of our parts by partnering up together. You know, we have some technologies that we've developed over the years in terms of live coverage. Um, which we think is very valuable. We're willing to share that. We're willing to use that. Um, we have a big media presence, you know, in terms of our, you know, kind of how far we reach with our live coverage platform, social media. Why don't we share those resources rather than trying to sort of go about it as two separate entities? It kind of seems to make an awful lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's in my conversations with Maria. That's, you know, the the live and or you know almost live coverage is, I think. To her, and, and it seems like to me that's pretty. If you could get that, because you know what I found is no nobody cares what will look at anything the day after the race. Um, you know, and I don't know if it necessarily has to be live coverage, but like stuff I do for Cowboy Tough, you know, we're we're getting stuff out, you know, three hours after it happens, um, and and certainly that gets a lot of interest, and the audio stuff too. So. What I mean, what do you do with your live platform that's that that you find different and you think you can bring to Primal Quest? Well, I guess I mean 
one of our, our major issues with uh, live coverage, which we've seen sort of across many other races, is just its lack of reliability in the first instance. Yeah. And I kind of, you know, we've sort of said from the get-go when we built it out, we said it's got to be absolutely robust because mm. there's nothing more frustrating for, you know, thousands of viewers to come in and then see from the moment that you kind of, you expect the race to start and the thing falls over and then you can't <laughs> get on the website for like an yeah. hour or two. And you can pretty much go, well, if that happens for the first six hours of the event, you'll lose 50% of your audience. And we've tracked how, you know, the, the viewing patterns sort of work. And yes, you're going to get some flexes on the northern and southern hemisphere openings in the morning when people get to work. And yeah, it depends when the stage of the race. But ultimately, you start with a bang and then ultimately your numbers dwindle off. But ultimately, the success of your platform is largely dictated to from how you go for the first 24 hours. And you need to be absolutely robust. So I think what we've done is, in terms of, it's just the, there's the front end of it which makes it engaging, but really what we've done is develop something which is incredibly robust in the sort of background, so that you pretty much know that when you sort of hook into the God's Own Life coverage site, yeah. you can get in there immediately and get access to content, and it doesn't matter where you are, when you hook in, it's going to work, basically. And... You know, there's no point having the greatest photos or videography or whatever is in the world or interviews that ultimately if you get in and you can't can't click in and actually access the information for 20 minutes because the site's down. So I think, I think you know, ultimately it's quite a resource to actually develop those robust systems. And, you know, there's the content side of it, which are wholly different beasts. But again, I actually think that rather than sort of primal going out there and reinventing the wheel and having to develop their own system, you say, look, well, look, we've already got an incredibly robust system. Why don't we take some of your resources and use our existing resources to come up with a system which is even better and ultimately share it? Because ultimately what you're going to end up with is you're going to develop something and it's going to cost you tens of thousands of dollars. We've already developed something which has cost us tens of thousands of dollars. What a waste of money. Yeah. You know, yeah. better to share it and then you spend your tens of thousands of dollars on actual filming and content. And, um, and I think just developing strategies which make sense is saying, look, recognizing that there needs to be a certain amount pushed to social media, recognizing that a certain amount needs to go to filming, a certain amount needs to go to photography, and establishing what those kind of parameters are and then working together to make sure that we maximize them. Because again, it's easy to produce 2,000 photographs from an event, but if they don't go anywhere or people don't see them, it's a waste of time. Or you can produce two hours of video footage, but if nobody watches it, what's the point? Yeah. So I think you know, between us, we've got to really work out what's the way that we get the live coverage to sort of infiltrate as many people as possible. So as many of those people think, you know what, I'd love to go and do an adventure race. This looks amazing. Or the other side of it is our sponsors and our partners who've been much more reluctant to sort of get behind adventure races in the last 10 years. And there's hardly any corporate sponsors behind any adventure race anymore mm. to actually look at it and go, look, there's real value in being on this platform yeah. because we know that's getting out to the right places, our potential customers, the fans. And unless we do that smartly, it's just not going to happen. You know, so well, it's a relationship we need to work on. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many people I've talked to that said, yeah, I saw EcoQuest Primal Challenge on TV, and that's that's how they started. Um, do you think it's enough to have you know an internet presence, or do you think TV still matters? And it may be different in New Zealand and the U.S. Oh, well, I mean, that's probably a question for Margot, our media manager, to be honest. But um, <laughs> I mean, I um, 
Yeah, I think it does matter. I, I, I think TV does matter um, in, a, in, a, in a pretty major way. Um, but I think the, the problem you've got is, is that the amount of resources that are required to do the event or the, the show justice is so high yeah. that you just simply can't do it without major backing, I don't think, at the moment. You can produce brilliant content in 20, 30 second slots and use it on your live coverage platform and it works particularly well because people who are flicking through the event on their mobile phone or their tablets or when they get home don't really care about HD quality and stuff. But if you're going to produce something which is going to sit there on primetime TV for 30 minutes, when you look at the quality which is being produced by surfing, triathlon, mountain biking, you're going to try and do that on a 30 grand budget, you are going to fall well short. Yeah. So yeah. you need to find a corporate partner or a sponsor or somebody who genuinely believes that the event that you are producing is of sufficient quality, that they want to get behind it. And that's how we're going to finance it. And I think that's, I kind of felt that the way things are sort of set across adventure racing across the world at the moment is there just isn't, no one has the ability to sort of tap into that corporate media kind of access really to generate enough money to be able to go for TV. Where I actually think, well, actually with Primal and God's Own, I think if we could, and that's something we're going to work on, get a major sponsor partner, then I see that we would have the resources then to put proper quality filming in place, which would then be able to be because the networks will show it it's not a problem getting it out there yeah. you've just got to generate the content which is good enough for them to actually show it yeah yeah makes sense um do you so do you envision let's say someday there is a tv that it would be a like a uh combined primal quest god zone show or separate ones or i mean are you are you really trying to tie them together to, to create this more of a buzz? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I said I think what we've kind of we like to talk about here is is that you know we look across all other you know successful sports and we see that the really successful platforms, you know, generally the sport will have three or four majors. So look at golf; you've got four yeah. majors. You know, look at cycling; you've got three grand tours and the classics, but generally you've got three grand tours. Yeah. Tennis, four majors. And I don't think, you know, adventure racing is obviously doesn't have the history or the length of time or the, the background that those sports do, but we're no different in the sense that what inspires the next generation of youth or new participants to come through is participating in those majors. That's what really gets you off your ass to get out there and do it. And I, I think we as a team here believe that that major type concept is the one that really could tick the boxes for adventure racing. So... I guess what we envisage is that there could be primal and God's own, but there might be one other race or two other races, which generally are the sort of thing where if you're a kid, you know, wants to get involved in the sport and you look around and think, my God, I've just watched this event on TV and there's another one on next week. My, it looked unbelievable what these people were doing. I want to go and do this sport. That's, that's, that would be Primal Quest, or that would be God's Own, or another race. Those events that you think that is really what's going to inspire me to get involved in this sport, you know, that experience, and that's the sort of thinking behind the tie-up. Really, you know, we can share resources, we can pull more people into the sport, but we've got to aim higher, you know, in terms of delivery yeah. of quality. You know, we can't just keep trying to do it on a shoestring budget and do the bare minimum. Put, you know, it just 
we just keep going around in circles. And ultimately, most countries in the world are, are losing participants, not gaining participants. Things are pretty rosy in New Zealand at the moment, but that picture isn't reflected across Europe and in other places. No, exactly. Well, and that's when I when I first saw you guys coming together. That was almost my first thought is uh, Triple Crown, the majors. I mean, nobody in the United States cares about horse racing except for six weeks in the spring when there's a chance for, you know, the Triple Crown. So it, it it's just a, certainly makes a buzz to have, you know, okay, you know, this team won the first two. Can they win the third leg of the Triple Crown? I can can really see that making making a difference making people interested <laughs> yeah i think i'd say it is and it's it's giving something you know which is credible um and you know i guess i mean we've got the world series and stuff and you know i've participated in a lot a lot of those events over the years but ultimately it's wholly unrealistic for anybody to go and compete in even a tiny percentage of the world series races you just pick one off or maybe none of them and then you just turn up at the World Championships because it's a bucket list thing you want to do. Yeah. And I guess what we've got to try and do is we've got to elevate the participants and the races above that and say that actually, no, getting to Primal Quest or God's Own or a triple count you know, kind of races means something. And you know, to win that triple crown or to win that, those three races would mean something to sponsors, to the media, to participants. And at the same time, it generates that buzz amongst new entry people to say heck i really want to get involved in adventure racing and be at that race in three years time yeah. how do i get involved how do i get involved in my local club to get to that event um otherwise we're just so the danger for the sport is that we just continue sort of bumbling along you know really in you know and what i think glorious mediocrity unfortunately yeah. well the sport's kind of a niche of a niche of a niche so <laughs> it's pretty yeah. little um yeah. You guys sort of restarted expedition racing, at least in New Zealand. So what? That's six years or seven years ago. Is that? Mm, no, we we had effectively Traverse finished sort of sort of two thousand and five, and then we had a really there was a seven year break, and sort of we're into year four now. Okay. So um, yeah, I mean, adventure racing in New Zealand. Post the traverse went into you know definitely a pretty low point. Participation yeah. rates here were incredibly low. There were hardly any races, and I think you know the, the traverse had been around for 15 years and done an amazing sort of thing for adventure racing in New Zealand. But it had come, it sort of run its logical kind of course, I guess. Um, but I mean, very quickly you see here there is a desire for these types of races here. Um, and we've been incredibly successful, really, on the back on the on the back of really of what is an incredibly small participating population here. Mm. Um, and I guess we're lucky in the sense that we can leverage off, you know, New Zealand, the home of adventure racing. There is a lot of great terrain here, a lot of variety. There are still, you know, freedom and access to wild areas here is still possible, which makes it all quite feasible. Um, but I, I mean, I really, I think. <clears throat> You know, we've been successful because we've got a great team and I think we've, we've, we've purposely aimed high uh, and we believe that by doing that, people have confidence that when they come to God's Own, they're going to have something which is adventurous, exciting, challenging, but ultimately gets delivered with no faults. Mm -hmm. you know? And that's, 
that's the critical thing to us because far too often you know in adventure races most of the directors and they have you know the organizing teams are severely under-resourced so they just drop the ball and it's not the sort of thing that you know brings people back to an event unfortunately you know if you get somewhere and checkpoints are missing or a, you know boxes don't turn up on time or live coverage doesn't work for two days etc etc it's the fastest way just to you know ensure that your customers don't come back exactly so when you guys started up again were you was it was it small starting again i mean because you know primal quest is not going to be a, a huge race this year but i'm not sure that's a bad thing but so did you did it start small and grow again building the brand yeah no exactly and i think you know like like primal and stuff i mean primals i guess will probably realize that you know also in our discussions that adventure racing and adventure racers have changed even over the last five years now nearly every race around the world now is um unsupported you know races are going shorter um i mean they're just everybody's standardizing you know bike box sizes so the the whole logistics thing you know it used to be that you'd get to most places and go well you get to a transition all your boxes would be there but now people have gone down that route of just individual bike boxes no more and you just see box a at this transition and box b and c at this transition so it's something that we've all had to get our heads around um so it'll be a bit of a learning process i think for primal yeah um but i think for primal i think it's perfect really they can go in and, and you know run a relatively small event for them because yeah. it used to be ginormous and make sure they fully understand how this new kind of you know adventure racing runs you know a little bit like we had to and then ultimately then you can dive in and you know lead from the front and make the changes that you feel that you can you know and that's you know we established ourselves really for the first two years and from then on in once people had confidence that we were going to deliver something really good without faults effectively then we could go in there and say okay now you trust us work with us as we make the changes which we think are going to be for the benefit of the sport and it's just like this year you know we're introducing the new event which has got support crews in it we think that opens up you know our event to a lot more people um but i think if we'd have done that in year two you know most people would have gone well i'm not convinced they could deliver that but here we are in year four and five and people go yeah we know you guys can deliver we'll give you the benefit of the doubt we'll back you on this and that will make a huge difference to i think the success we'll have with that yeah this this is just a little bit off topic but do you kind of get a little joy in your life when because almost everybody you talk to says what race do you want to go to and they all, almost all say god's own <laughs> mm. yeah well i mean that's yeah i guess that's good um I think <laughs> I'm, yeah i mean that's maybe i mean it's 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 good i mean in some ways we it's there's probably quite a few people out there who are disappointed in the sense that new zealand is just so far away for so many yeah. people and you know even if you're a sponsor team and there's very few sponsor teams yeah. now with any kind of resources really it's, it's it's an expensive place to come but ultimately that really is what got me involved in adventure racing yeah and um, yeah. for most people is is the element of travel and going experiencing something different is as much as the important thing about you know getting involved in a race is is the race itself yeah and i think you know we just have that we've just done a pretty good job here but i think you know i say i can't take all the credit for that no way i mean i've got an amazingly good team around me of people who've helped to put on the race 
and they all are involved for the right reason that they really do want to see adventure racing thrive here and they really believe in delivering something amazingly good and i think that's why you know we've been successful really you know as much as anything else no that make makes makes total sense to me um so talk a little bit about um the cross cross pollination of teams so that's kind of, i think that's kind of a cool thing so you win you win primal quest you get to go to god zone and vice versa so um, yeah i mean i think that was i mean in some ways that's that's the easy bit um there's a lot more stuff we're going to be doing sort of behind the scenes more than that but i think yeah. you know we you know there's there's a huge number of venture races in, in america and the tech news of this world and others we would really like to engage those top teams in America to say, come on, if you want to come and race and represent America and race in New Zealand, go and win Primal Quest. And then we'll love to host you over here. And likewise, we want Kiwi teams. In Kiwis have had, you know, you know, like Americans, back when Team Nike have had a huge amount of success over the years. We want Kiwi teams to be over in America, flying the flag. Because I just think it gives a race so much more kudos and um, kind of media interest when you have that kind of nasty foreign team coming over and putting the cat amongst the pigeons. There's nothing worse than looking at the leaderboard and going, American, 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 American. What you want is that nasty French team, a nasty Kiwi team, just kind of challenging right at the top because yeah. it just engages the media so much more. And in our last year, we had, you know, Columbia Viderate, the world number one team racing at God's Own versus Seagate. That excites the media an awful lot. You know, you need to have those teams. So we want the best Kiwi teams to go over to the States and shake things up a little bit. And we'd love to see the top American teams come over here yeah. and shake things up a bit. That's what's going to create good media content and get the media and sponsors involved and excited. But then over and above that as well is that, you know, we really want to kind of, um, it's a good opportunity for us to go and experience, you know, Primal Quest and how they're doing things and for Primal to come over and um, experience you know, how we do things, um, you know, to get under, you know, get under the lid a little bit and understand how the culture of the events are working. So I'm going to go over to Primal um, in August and be, you know, be there, see how the events work in. We'll have a lot of chance to sort of discuss and how we go forward. And we'll see Maria over here next April and their team. So um, I think, you know, it's just a great opportunity for us to sort of help sell each other's events and you know, work out what's the best ways we can really sort of, you know, sort of help the sport to uh, to grow. Yeah. So, and you're going to bring a a team over for the race? Yep. No, we have a team. Um, I'm quite excited about the team that's going over. I'm actually, believe it or not, I'm going to go over. It's a little bit, um, you know, I'm going to be racing over there in the team with three females actually. So uh -huh. um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, it'll be a new one for me. Um, so. But. It's, see how that goes but uh, they're three kiwi females who are all very strong so i think watch out <laughs> <laughs> they'll be very competitive so well that's kind of funny because my wife was going to be on a three woman one guy team too and it just it, it just didn't work out unfortunately so but um it, it's it's cool that people are thinking outside like that why you know it's always been three guys but i like the the three women part yeah no i think well i said i'll maybe we should have this interview in this three months time i might say something, <laughs> might say something completely different but uh, I'm, I'm open to the prospect right. <laughs> it should be good so that'll be that'll be kind of cool so um what else 
What else don't we know about the Primal Quest God's own marriage, so to speak? Or have we covered, done a good job of it so far? Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, I guess, I mean, all I'd say is, I mean, we, it's not we're taking baby steps and stuff, yeah. but I think, you know, ultimately we're in the first step of this. We've got four key parameters that we really are working on. You know, first of all is trying to create these kind of big iconic events which really can sort of entice in the kind of adventure racers maybe who've historically been involved, who've walked away from it, but the new generation of people to get excited about it. Yeah. And then really youth participation is something that I think we're, we're going to try and focus on. And I say I don't want people to think that that is all about us making our races full of youngsters. It's about doing our bit as major events to encourage youth participation in the sport as a whole. So God's Own can do an awful lot in New Zealand, and we are doing by providing free boats to the secondary school races, the secondary school championships, because we know that if youngsters are going to those events, then ultimately they will end up at God's Own, or a percentage of them will end up at God's Own one day. So that's part of what we're doing. And then it's really, I think, the, the key thing in some ways, what Primal and God's Own hopes to achieve is this breaking this kind of cycle of no sponsorship and no media participation in, mm -hmm. in adventure racing in a major way. And they, those two are kind of intrinsically linked, you know, because sponsors don't get involved unless you've got media coverage. Yeah. But you can't pay for media coverage unless you've got sponsors. Yeah, sponsors, yeah. <laughs> so we've got, to, we've got to somehow break down that. And as I say, if you look across all the expedition races in the world and look at how many have genuinely, I mean genuinely, not just token, got a proper corporate sponsor there isn't many no and how many of those events have got what i would call genuinely good media coverage not many you no. know and i think <laughs> we have to come up with a way or a product which excites somebody and we have ideas and got we've got some work in place on this somebody to say we believe in this concept we love this idea we love the ethos of your event we want to get behind it and then we can use those resources to engage the media and the cast our net wider. So that, I think that's really, in a nutshell, where we're going to go. But I, that will evolve, you know, a little yeah. bit like the God's Zone has evolved. We are not the same event we were four years ago. You know, you've got to establish yourself. You've got to get a reputation. You've got to deliver. And then when you get into phase two or phase three, then you can say, okay, well, our goals have now changed. We can do yeah. something bigger for the sport. And I think we can do that better with Primal Quest. I really do. Yeah, yeah. Well... Someday we we could have a conversation about, um, yeah, media not having any money. <laughs> Been there, yeah, done that. <laughs> so um, I got just two two semi simple things, uh, which aren't quite Primal Quest God's Own related. But have you had more joy, fun, uh, better time racing or putting on races? <laughs> yeah, well, I guess like everything, I think, you know, racing early on, back when I first did it, I, my, my favorite races are still the first two or three that I ever did, you know, really. I did Adrenaline Rush, I think, in 2002, 2003, and then I went to the Newfoundland World Championships, I think, in 2004, and the Sweden race, I think, in 2005, are still my favorite races that I've ever done, and I don't think anything in the last few years has come close, and I don't know whether that's because I'm a little bit over it and I've done so many bloody races, I'm a little bit long in the tooth of it, or whether those races were quite raw and 
you know, had a better style about them than maybe the races have now. Mm. So maybe I kind of, I've gone a little bit away from the joy out of racing. Um, and I haven't enjoyed totally all the time, all the South American races of late. I'm quite happy for a change in that scene. Um, yeah. But, um, but from giving, you know, putting on the races, yeah, I think you have far more emotional ups and downs, I do anyway, in terms of delivering races. Um, it's very stressful. Um, you know, like I say, you know, sometimes it was like, like we had chapter three in Kaikoura, just everything we touched, we just seemed to have the Midas touch there. We had a great course, great event, great competitors. We had brilliant weather. You know, we had a bit of snow the, the days before the event, so the mountains looked amazing, but they were still doable. Just everything just seemed to fall into place. And last year in Wanaka was a tough course and we had tough weather. Yeah, and that was stressful. But I think testament to us as an organising team that we didn't have to short course, we didn't have to change our plans. We just had safety and some stuff in in place to allow us to still deliver what we we planned. But it was still stressful when you've got teams who are going the wrong way and lost, or a number of teams trapped by slow, swollen rivers and can't move. You know, it's, it, it is stressful. And I had one night I think where I wandered off into Wanaka at two o'clock in the morning just by myself because I was sitting there in HQ just kind of, you know, slightly going mad. I think, I thought, <laughs> what am I doing this for? It's so stressful. <laughs> this, is just, this is crazy. I, you know, I'm sitting there and I feel responsible for all these teams out there. Yeah. Um, but that's adventure racing. And those guys who were trapped by these rivers, they did exactly what they should do. They got their tents out, they got in their sleeping bags, they hunkered down, they woke up in the morning and eventually the, the streams went down and they moved on. And they're all richer and wiser for the experience. But as an organizer, you're sitting there sweating about it and it, it isn't necessarily a pleasant place to be. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've, there are definitely pros and cons of both. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. You, you don't have to pick your favorite child. How's that sound? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay. And then one last question that I have to ask everybody. So if... When you're getting ready to come to Primal Quest and you're leaving the next morning getting on the plane, are are you still packing your gear? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it never stops. Okay. Yeah. You're always packing your gear. <laughs> yeah. So that is the correct answer out of uh, like 65 or 66 people. Only one person says, no, they're done 24 hours before. So, <laughs> and that was Donovan Sims. He says, yeah, then I spend the last day with my family. But, so, there's always got to be one weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, no, that's yeah. Boss. Well, great. It's, it's very interesting. It's, uh, I think uh, people will, will uh, learn something from this and maybe understand a little bit more what uh, you guys all have to go through just to put on these things and, and how much you bring to them that uh you know it's so you have as much passion for doing the races putting on the races as they have for doing them so thank awesome. you for that yeah so um so i just you know i tell everybody to go fast and take chances when we're done and with any luck i'll see you in tahoe yep we'll look forward to it yep so, we're really excited about it it should be amazing i think it will be so all right well thanks thanks randy all right we'll see you later bye See ya. Yeah. Bye. Well, 
Sometimes she like candlelands Sometimes she shoots and ladders Sometimes she want me to be a man Sometimes she said it doesn't matter Sometimes she beg me to please, please stay Sometimes she tell me to go away Just gotta catch her at the right time tonight Just gotta catch you at the right time 